Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices that we take for granted are out of date, illogical, or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room, and I'm here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a couple of F-bombs thrown in for good measure. Pilates Elephants is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher who really fucking knows your stuff. Okay, I'm here with Ashley Bryan. Ashley, hi. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> um, just for the folks at home, can you give us uh, the 10-second version of, of who you are? <laughs> yes, I will try to cram it in, in 10 seconds. But I look, I am a mum of two, uh, a three-year-old and got nearly one-year-old now um, from Newcastle, not originally, but at the moment. And I look, I've got the Pilates bug. I am in week four of, oh my gosh, coming into week five of a certification with Breathe. Um, and I'm just loving it so much that I wanted to talk about it. Basically, I reached out to you and here we are um, because I just feel like it's criminal not to share how freaking awesome um, training to be a Pilates instructor is, basically. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, was so, I was so happy uh, when you reached out to me. So basically what we're going to talk about today is your journey, you know, to making the decision to become a Pilates instructor, you know, the kind of what, you know, the ups and downs, the the mental or real world obstacles that you faced in that decision. And then um, you're only like, you know, a quarter of the way through your training at this point. So I thought it was a a fantastic opportunity to kind of capture, and this is what you proposed like capture a snapshot of here's someone just like right in the throes of becoming a Pilates instructor Uh, and just to capture your you know your struggles like what's actually hard about it you know what's um you know what what's your experience of being you know in that journey in that transformation and and what are your aha moments you know what what fears have you faced or overcome you know basically what's it like to be in training as a Pilates instructor because I know most of people, most of the people listening to this podcast are probably already certified. Uh, and when you're yeah. already certified, like when you're good at something, when you're skilled at something, it's basically impossible to remember what it's like to not be skilled at that thing. You know, it seems like the things that you know are like self-evident, but the thing is, they're not self-evident <laughs> until you've been no. taught them. <laughs> so, so um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, so. Can you uh, just give us like the, you know, like, well, what stage of life are you at? And, and well, obviously you're, you've got a couple of young kids. So yeah, what, like what sort of age bracket are you in and, and what career trajectory led you to, or what personal trajectory led you to make this decision to become a Pilates instructor? Yeah, absolutely. So basically I'm in my early 30s. What am I? 33 now. And with two young kids, look, I 
I was at a point when I had my my first bub, Barry, um, where I, I was thinking, look, I need a career hop. And I, I'm a career hospitality worker, basically. Um, I got into hospitality at 14 years old um, in the States. Actually, I've moved back and forth quite a bit since I was a kid, but started over there. Um, and I... I loved it. Look, I love customer service. I love being around people. I love um, helping people, uh, which, you know, in, in hospitality, are you sort of helping? Um, but yeah, so I, that's something that I did love. And in that season of my life, honestly, up until my 30s, um, I really enjoyed it. And I thought perhaps I might open a cafe or a restaurant of my own uh, one day. But then when I had my, well, when I fell pregnant with my son, I started to realize the toll it was taking on my body, being on my feet, sometimes 12, 16 hours a day, um, working late, yada, yada. It didn't really suit family life. Um, And the more I worked for small family businesses, I started to realize, oh my gosh, owning a restaurant or a cafe is not going to suit a family life unless I want to live there and have the kids there all the time and a partner um, having to help and do things like it just it wasn't going to be possible. So I stepped back in my maternity leave with my son and sort of thought, what am I going to do here? But I fell back into hospitality. It was easy. I knew it. Um, as you were sort of saying before, it's something when you, you, you kind of just, when you know something really well, you, it's quite easy to just stay in it um, or to do it. So yeah, I, I don't know. I kept putting it off um, and thinking, oh, something's going to come to me. Something will come to me. And Really nothing did. So, yeah, I, I just kept living life. I, I then fell pregnant with my daughter um, and it really, really hit me hard. And I went, okay, oh, my gosh, I, I need to, like, sit down and really evaluate this. And something that I always come back to um, is, is movement. Uh, I've been through a lot of different sort of movement seasons in my life where, like, I played school sports growing up um, and and then sort of went into, I don't know, more high-intensity sort of stuff um, when I came out of high school and then I went through a big yoga season um, in a time in my life where I really needed to slow down um, and sort of take stock when I was actually in my 20s there. Um, and, yeah, I've always had Pilates come in and out of my life, but it was never something that really stuck. And recently – I found in my body that I I actually revisited yoga, which has been a a, a beautiful sort of release for me. But I was getting into a bit of more high-intensity stuff recently um, and found that it was too much in my body. And I I needed something that was really fun and engaging and fast-paced in some ways um, and tiring, but something that wasn't going to be such high impact. And I found, oh, my God. Pilates is my thing, like right now in my life, that is suiting my body and my mind and my soul. Um, and I started to get into it and I just went, oh, my God. And it just kind of ran away with me. And I went, oh, I think is that this is the thing I want to do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's brought me to this point where I was like, wow, at this stage of my life, this is what I've needed. And what better way to keep it in my life than to teach it to others? Huh. So it's, you, you kind of dodged a bullet with uh, not opening your own cafe just <laughs> pre-pandemic. Huge, definitely. Um, so good, good for you. Um, and all right, so you basically, and I think that's a story that a lot of us can identify with, is basically you had this sense that's like, my place is no longer here anymore. Like it's like this isn't the direction I want to be moving in long term, but you weren't mm. quite sure what the direction was that you wanted to move in long term. Uh, and And it also, I think a lot of us can identify with having some kind of triggering life event, like for you, it was the birth of your second child. 
And for mm. some of us, it's that or the kids leaving home or the kids going to school or the kids graduating or you graduating or you losing a job or whatever, not getting a promotion or whatever. And, and that sort of causes us to take stock and it causes you to take stock and go, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> you know, I don't want mm. to be doing this anymore. And so then it, it uh, really in that once you kind of really got clear, that's like, oh no, it's, you know, it's time for me to, to move on that mm. then you, maybe you were more open or something, but basically the, the, the answer came to you. Yeah, it was sort of like it all, I don't know what exactly, I can't pinpoint the catalyst, but it definitely was, I was at a point where, okay, second kid, I need something that is going to, to suit me. And, and I was done working and, and it feeling like work. Um, I, but I also sink myself into things and, and get really excited about things with whatever I'm doing. So at the time, like that's been hospitality that also has been yoga. I mentioned before, I actually started a certification in yoga when I was in my mid twenties. Um, and it wasn't the right time for that. I actually had to return to the States for about six months and, and had some family stuff going on. So I took that as a sign, look, it's not time. Um, and I've, I've always had passion projects, I suppose. I've tried like a little bit of the, um, I tried to sell oils on, on Instagram. I've done a bit of that. I, um, I actually did a woodworking course. I thought that perhaps I might want to um, delve into a bit of carpentry and like building things. Um, I, I really sink myself into these things and, and fearlessly because I figure like, I don't know if this is the thing I want to do. I, I don't know if this is the thing that's going to, like, will this pick me up and carry me through um, the rest of my life? I don't know. So I just figure why not just give it a shot? So I, I am really lucky in that I do kind of blindly follow my instincts. Um, maybe a little bit, yeah, in it, I take things, I do that in a different way than a lot of people probably do. So for me, this wasn't a huge hard decision, but mm. it was definitely scary um, because I have followed a lot of not dead end paths because they served me at the time. I needed creative outlet um, when I did the woodworking, for instance, and, and the yoga served me, oh my God, beautifully at that season of my life. Yeah. But I, so it was, yeah, it was scary. I think that my biggest fear was that, oh my God, is this actually not the thing? Um, but then I thought, I've been here before and my partner supports me. I'm also very, very lucky that my partner and my friends and family, they, they know how I am and they know that I have done this before, I guess, in a way. Um, but they also support that and they think, well, you know, if this is what's serving me right now, how can it hurt? I suppose. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I want to just dwell on that for a moment. There's this, mm. this, what you've highlighted here is this kind of, I guess, two way two lenses to look at yourself and your history through is like one is like you've and I think you use them both you've you've got this strength of and you I think you said you're very lucky that you throw yourself wholeheartedly into things and it's like oh what the heck you know it doesn't matter if if I fail it doesn't matter if this isn't the you know passion project for the rest of my life it's like I'm doing it right now and I'm I'm in it and I'm you know, growing and learning and enjoying it. And then mm. on the other hand, there's, it's like, oh, well, you've thrown yourself into all of these things and, you know, oh, you did woodworking, but you're not a woodworker. You did yoga training, <laughs> but you're not a yoga teacher. And so, you know, it's, and I think, I think, you know, I've, my sense is you're, you're more this way than a lot of people, but that we all have some 
degree of things in our life that we've tried and then didn't pursue. You know, like we all took Mm. some piano lessons when we were a kid, but then stopped or, you know, whatever it might be. And and so I think it's really easy for us to look back and and if, if anyone, you know, myself included, wanted to look back and make a list of all the things we've tried and failed or tried and given up, it's a very easy list to make. Um, mm, and mm. we can use that as evidence of like, you know, against or, or as an argument against, you know, pursuing what we are into right now. You know, oh, look what, you know, look what happened when I started piano lessons. So that didn't pan out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you probably had fun while you were doing it. <laughs> right. And, and so I love the way, I love the way you frame it as like, well, it's not a, just because you, you didn't complete the yoga training doesn't mean it was a failure. It's like it Mm-mm. took, it Everything that we've done and everything that you've done in your life has brought you to be where you are now and to be who you are now. And so each of those things has contributed. And it's like, well, great, you you successfully learned that that wasn't the right time in your life for you to pursue that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's about recognizing that. And I think that people that recognize those things, I think I, that should be seen as a strength as well. Because why push yourself through something if you see that it's not going to probably be something that will serve you any longer why would you put yourself through it and and, and stop while you're ahead in a way like if it's not becoming in, if it's not enjoyable anymore if it's just not serving you then you may as well just move on and find something else that serves you 100 percent. I, um, I buy books at the drop of a hat i probably buy three or four books a <laughs> week like if i if i listen to a podcast or read a book or have an exchange on social media with someone and anyone mentions a book that looks interesting i just go buy it and then I, I start almost all of them, but probably three quarters of them I don't read past the first or second chapter because I'm like, yeah, nah, this isn't <laughs> this isn't doing it for me. But I, so I reckon, you know, my library's got thousands of books, and I've only read a few dozen of them. I don't know, I don't know how many I've read. Probably more than a few dozen. But but I, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally with you. It's like try stuff, and Ooh. if it doesn't work, just let go of it straight away. It's like. Yeah. 100%. And also it's, it's, a, it's a tool in your tool belt. Um, it's something that's like used in the course that I really like hearing and you can say it across so many different things. Like it really, it's like I take, like you said, I take the yoga, I take the woodworking, everything. Yeah. It's like, that's just a cool little skill that I have now. I don't know, you know? Um, and I think everybody should have that, but I think also, yeah, it's just that fearlessness, um, and just understanding that, yeah, it's okay to fail. And why is it okay for kids to try things yeah. um, and, and learn things? Uh, but why do we have to stop when we're adults? Yeah. Like, can't we, shouldn't we keep doing that? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because there's this, and I, I, I want to move on in a minute, but there is this interesting mm. dichotomy because we, you know, we praise, and I think rightly so, we praise grit and, you know, perseverance and people who you mm. know, stick with things that they say they're going to stick with. And I think those are admirable and and valuable traits, but I think there's also a real skill in knowing which things to stick with and which things to not stick with because you can't stick with everything. A hundred percent. And as an adult, you should be able to identify those things a lot quicker than when you're maybe even still in your twenties. I mean, you know, like, but as we get a bit older, yeah, I think it is. You may as well just like, boom, boom. Just like, if it doesn't serve you, go. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So you said, you know, there wasn't a lot of um, I can't remember exactly what you said, but basically you said you mm. didn't have a lot of, you know, angst about the decision, but you did have some, I can't remember if you said mm. self-doubt or fear. Like what was, what was, yeah. tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, 
because I have stopped and started so many, I suppose, passion projects and as, as such, I, I had that, that little self-doubt creep in about what's everyone going to think? Is everyone going to believe that this is the thing? That was definitely one thing, but, I, but I've had that my whole life. <laughs> so it's, I've gotten better at, at shutting that, that chatter up. Um, but it was definitely one of the first things. Another thing was definitely the cost. Um, we are very lucky in that I don't have to work at the moment. Um, my partner runs his own business. He's a carpenter. Um, we're at a point in our life, yeah, where I've been able to sit back and take stock and, and make this decision, but it's still the cost is, um, is something that, that you know, it's not free. So I had to sit down, obviously have the chat with my partner and he said, okay, Ash, you know, well, if this is something you want to do, like I paid for the woodworking that we've paid for this, like to, tell me why, like I had to sit down and sort of pitch to him mm-hmm. this thing. And when you're in a relationship, obviously I wasn't going for a job, but it still was a hard conversation yeah. for me. Um, and Kane holds me accountable um, for my decisions. He knows that I make snap decisions. So he, he, he knows that I, I need him as a grounding um, sort of element in my life to sort of like pull me up. So having that conversation though with him and him seeing how excited and passionate I was, that was a confirmation. So it could have made it, it would have made a break make uh, what is going it was going to be a make or break conversation support their partners to do things that are important to them oh i'm so lucky and he i mean he does something that he loves and he found that i mean he's been a carpenter what for 15 16 years um he loves and hates it i think he would like me to say <laughs> but he's really good at it um and i i want to I, I want to him to be with someone that's really good at something too, because I'm so proud of him. Um, and I'm so, whenever I talk about him and his job, I, I, I'm always like, wow, yeah, he built this amazing house. Or look, we drive past, past somewhere and I'm like, oh, he did that deck. How cool is it? Like, I want to, I want somebody to brag about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and I think everyone wants that. And there's nothing wrong with doing a job where somebody's not going to brag about it for you because then I'm sure that most of the, a lot of those people have something on the side that they do that they can brag about. Um, so there's usually a balance there for me. I just wasn't finding that balance. Like my balance was that I had, I was, I'm an incredible mom. Um, so when I, you know, went back to hospitality, it was like, okay, I'm doing this job that I'm really not feeling right now, but it's okay. I'm, I'm this incredible mom. Uh-huh. Um, but I needed more than that. Like, so it's it's really it's like kind yeah. of that sense of identity that we all have. That's well, mm. I think almost all of us have. That's tied up in in what we do, whether that's mm. being a parent or working or running a business or being a sports, you know, competitor or whatever. And mm. yeah, and so you weren't deriving that from hospitality anymore because it kind of felt disconnect. Whereas for years it kind of was your identity and that did give you pride, I sense, that, you know, at some point it stopped Mm. feeling like, you know, how you wanted to derive your identity. Yes, 100%. And, and, you know, arriving at this decision, um, I guess I sort of digressed a little bit, like arriving at this decision wasn't hard and that where I was coming from, like it was only up from there, really. So I suppose that's maybe if somebody was trying to choose a point in their life when they make a decision like this, it is easier when you're sort of you're at the end of a season or you've like you said, you've just lost a job or, you know, there's there's usually a small push, uh, a catalyst in some way. And um, that definitely was it for me. But, um, you know, alongside the cost, I mean, it kind of really the biggest and we were chatting before about this um, before we started recording. And it's like for me. The, the parenting thing mm. was my hugest obstacle actually to overcome. Um, 
because I think as you and so many people listening to this will know, like being a parent is a full-time job. Um, and to do anything else outside of that when your children are really young, uh, is just like I've spoken to some some other friends that are in a similar time in their life um, and they're going, how can you even like fathom learning something right now? Like, wouldn't you rather just go back to something you already know? Like, how is your brain going to cope? And I was like, eh. <laughs> um, I think it'll cope. I hope it'll cope. Uh, but like, I really, yeah, it, just not knowing until I really sunk myself into it, whether the excitement was enough to drive me and get me through, um, that was petrifying. (laughs) All right. So this decision, it was really a a decision at at some level about like, who do I want to be? Because I no longer Mm. want to be, you know, hospitality. I want to, you know, and I want to be something else. And then it was like, okay, finding what that is. And then it's like, okay, do I trust? I got this sense of what I want to be, but do I trust it? Because I've kind of jumped off the path in different directions before and, you know, then you know, that didn't work out for one reason or another. And so now, so now you've decided, okay, I definitely don't, I definitely want out of hospitality. I want to become a Pilates instructor, but now you're thinking like, fuck, like I've got two kids under, under four. Um, you know, so you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember back when our daughter was that age, but you're right in the throes of (laughs) toilet training and sleep, you know, routine training, which let me tell you, I don't think there's a solution to that. They just grow out of it eventually. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and, 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 you know, kids just basically, you sit down on the toilet, two seconds later, there's a knock on the door, you know, all of, all of the things. Um, and so, and you're, so you're questioning like, well, can I, you know, will the passion I'm feeling carry me through or am I going to just sort of wilt under the pressure of child, <laughs> child finding, child hundred percent. A hundred percent. It was a big question. And I mean, I'm, I'm a super, this is like a blessing and a curse. Like I'm a super high achiever, overachiever. Like I said, I throw myself into things so that as a result, sometimes like I can burn out, I suppose. Um, but in saying that I like, I don't know. I, I think as well, being a parent, you kind of had that you'd live on this adrenaline in the first, like, it sounds like from speaking to others, like the first five or six years at least, because like they really heavily rely on you. Yeah. Um, so it just, it, it was scary, but, but like, like I said, you're on adrenaline. If I can wake up 11 times in the night <laughs> um, with my, with my baby and, and like sort them out and keep them alive and my help myself sane and, and then wake up the next morning and do whatever I have to do um, to get through the day. I'm pretty sure like I could, I could qu- hopefully sink myself into something that I enjoy it's, it, and, and use it as a tool to kind of keep myself sane in a way as well. Like I needed something and I think people can relate to just needing something when you're a new parent, um, to make you feel like yourself, uh, and, and to focus on rather than just the kids. I think Um, that is such an important distinction that, you know, being a a new parent or a newish parent, is so demanding of your time and your energy and your focus and your your whole identity that mm. you know it's really it's you know I vividly remember that sort of fog you know that lasted like mm. you say like five or six years that you know just stumbling 
in weariness, you know, <laughs> the whole day, you know, seeing like, oh, is it, is it time for breakfast yet? It's like, oh, it's four in the afternoon or, you know. <laughs> is it time for a wine yet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, actually, I remember sitting in at the swimming pool with my daughter when she was like four years old and, you know, just playing those repetitive mermaid games that you have to play and looking at the clock and going, is it time to go yet? It's like one minute has gone since I looked at the clock, <laughs> you know, last <laughs> Um, oh, it's so true. Shout out, shout out to my daughter if you're listening. I love, I love you, and I love playing mermaids with you. Um, <laughs> pretty sure she doesn't listen. All right, so, but you know, at the same time, there are the you know, although um, you know, studying or doing anything that you love, you know, physically, physiologically, actually takes mm. energy, but emotionally, it can give you energy. And so oh, yeah. I think what, what it's really easy to, to fail to add into the calculation is like, oh, I'm so tired already. How could I take on this other thing? It's like, well, the other thing might actually make you less tired. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it's the same in like exercise. Like exercise may be tiring in, so, in some exercises, um, but also it, it can give you energy. Right. Like it, it, like, so it's like a way to tie the Pilates. And I suppose it's like, and this was a great excuse as well to, to do Pilates every day. I mean, like I have to, <laughs> if I want to teach it, um, it's, it's, it's been a great way to, to ensure that I'm doing it every day, but also, um, Oh my God, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going somewhere really important with that. Oh, for having routine, um, as well as a parent, i I find it really hard to be in, in, um, to be in a routine. I'm, I'm very fly by the seat of my pants. I've moved around my whole life. I think this is definitely the longest I've lived in a, an area for, I think the longest I have uh, is, yeah. So what it's been five or six years, I've lived in Newcastle. That is definitely the longest I've ever lived somewhere. Um, so for me, routine when having children, it was really hard to stick to. And it was evident with my son. Um, he did not sleep for the first like year of his life or probably two years. He kind of still doesn't really sleep. I didn't give him any structure. Um, and there was no routine to our life. I took him to the beach at the drop of a hat. Oh, does he need to have a nap? I don't know. And we were kind of like, and whatever that suited me at the time until it didn't. And then I had to start making a routine happen in our household. Um, so this was another great way for me to, to imbibe, routine into our lives. I now need to plan my day much better than I was before. And I was pretty good at it before, but now it's like, okay, kids wake up at whatever ungodly hour. (laughs) And sometimes I might do a little bit of study while they kind of just hang out around me or breastfeeding or doing whatever, a little bit of study. Um, and then, yeah, I might slip my, my, um, my personal practice in like do one of the master classes um, while the, my bub's having a nap, you know, uh, and things like that. Like all of it, I'm slipping into pockets of my day, um, which is actually, it turns out, encouraged <laughs> by you guys um, through distributed practice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it, it, the, the, the difference it's actually made in my parenting and in our everyday life is just like, I can't even describe to you. Like after four weeks of it, the kids are already, like adapting to it and, and are really enjoying, like we're all really enjoying a, a better routine, really. Kids do adapt to things. That's oh. the, that's a great thing about kids. One of the great mm. things about them. Um, so, it's all admirable. Right. So, so, <laughs> right, so, we, so there was the kind of the, the, the hugely optimistic part of you that was thinking like, oh, well, I'm going to get energy from doing Pilates. And, mm. you know, if I can get up 11 <laughs> times a night, I can do anything. 
Um, mm. And so, so what has the reality been like? All right, so you know, don't don't sugarcoat it for me. Like, tell me <laughs> what's some of the shit that <laughs> that has happened that has been hard, whether it's to do with with kids or anything else. Like, what are some of the moments of struggle that you've had? Have you had, have you had moments where you wake up and you're just like, oh fuck, do I have to get up <laughs> already? Yes, like, definitely. Definitely. I say that the kids enjoy the routine and they do, but I, I can't say that it's all been like sunshine and rainbows because I've I've had to sit back and realize when I'm being, I get quite frustrated if I get interrupted doing anything, um, as most people sort of generally oh, do. Good and luck, good t- luck with then. <laughs> I know, exactly. So that's been over the course of the last three and a bit years, um, a really challenge, a big challenge for me. So my three-year-old, um, it just just is so high energy and and requires and as he should requires a lot of my attention so as soon as i put him in front of the tv he's like hmm, what's she trying to accomplish <laughs> and he's like goes on the, he'll like sit there for 10 minutes and then he goes on a hunt like where what is she doing like how can i fuck this up <laughs> and it's just fun for him it's a game it's not obviously he's 3 he's not doing it to piss me off um but yeah so i, I would find myself especially if I'm starting to, if I hop on the reformer, oh my God, he loves the reformer. If I hop on the reformer, he comes in and he's like, mommy, I want to do exercise too. And I'll be like, okay. But I start to get oh super frustrated because I go, oh man, can't you just give me even 30 minutes and I'll do half of this. So I, I've had to really step back and think, okay, okay, okay. Just like hop off, give him a bit of attention and hop back on. Like I, I put myself in this position. He didn't choose um, this this path for me. Like I, I need to I need to realize. Okay, like if I want to do this, I might need to do it in pieces, um, which isn't ideal, but it's definitely doable. Like, and I'm actually finding I'm learning more if I'm if I'm not biting out a huge chunk of my day and trying to sink myself in. If I just do little 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 bits, um, it's definitely working better for me. Um, I guess I just, I also, because I mentioned I'm a really, I'm a high achiever, I guess. And I think most adults don't like doing things that they're not good at. Um, I expected, okay, I'm like good at Pilates. So, and I can imagine myself teaching it. So surely this should be just super easy. And I'm just going to start like banging out the, the, the teaching, um, you know, to my family and friends and to my um, peers, you know, on zoom. And it was, it was humbling I guess realizing how not how not easy like teaching is like I I just went oh my god I've gone through it in my head 50,000 times and then I try to say it out loud and I sound crazy like because I I scramble for words I can't leave a bit of silence when I'm um, doing the practice teaching so I'm like okay guys oh you're doing this great Um, so I yeah I think I'm I'm having to sort of step back and realize, okay, like, yes, show your personality, but maybe just turn it down a little. (laughs) And that's that's a very, very normal part of gaining skill in anything is that I vividly remember going to watch the Shaolin monks um, uh, who are just these amazing, um, I guess they're athletes basically, but they they Mm. practice traditional Kung Fu in the Shaolin temple in in, – in China and they came out to visit Australia one time a couple of decades ago and they did this performance and we went to watch them and they sort of, you know, breaking bricks with their heads and jumping up and down on beds of nails and spearing each other in the throat with sharp spears and breaking the spears and, you know, all just kind of 
just absolute crazy things that you just you know wouldn't believe are humanly possible. Um, and and the reason my friend bought me this ticket because I was a martial artist at the time, and and he you know knew that that would be of interest to me. And he wasn't a martial artist and didn't have any particular interest. He just sort of bought it for me because he was a nice guy. And so we went along together, and I was just sitting there with my jaw hanging open the whole time, going, "Oh my fucking god, these people are unbelievable!" You know, like just <laughs> I can't imagine how many thousands and thousands of hours I must have spent to develop those skills. And uh, then I walked out at the end. My, I said to my friend, oh, what do you think? He was like, yeah, they weren't bad. I reckon I could do most of that stuff. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that, and, and that always stands out to me as, as a beautiful illustration of the beauty of ignorance. When you, when you don't know mm. anything about something, it looks really easy when you see someone do it. Mm. You think, oh, I could do that, you know. But then it's, when you get to lesson number one in your Kung Fu class, you realize, fuck, this is really hard. You know, like, and, but the, the, the great thing, and that's the stage that you're at and you're going through, but the great thing is the next stage you get to is, is like, oh, actually, no, I'm getting the hang of it. It's pretty easy. And, and there are more, yes. there are more stages beyond that, but, but this, the stage that you're going through at the moment is, is it's like when you're first confronted with the depths of your own lack of skill at something and you're like, fuck, I really suck at this. Yes, and it's so confronting, especially as an adult, like as a kid, as a baby, you know, do you think that the babies sort of lay there and go, oh, my God, it's so hard to lift my head up. Oh, my God, I'm just going to give up. No, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to crawl. I'm not going to lift my head up. Like it's thing that we should all keep doing, and I keep coming back to that, but like I I love that I can kind of see this parallel as well with my learning um, with the kids in a way. Like, because I, and, and even especially with like motor learning and things like that, um, like I'm jumping around a little bit here, but it's like with, with toddlers, for instance, they, you, they, they, uh, the collective they say that if you want to get toddlers to listen, um, or to, to do something, give them choice, uh, and, and like, and two choices of, of two things that you want them to do and, uh, you know, a no positive and negative, but two things. And, and that's something I've been sort of doing on and off with my three-year-old. But now that that is something that we give as an option, as, uh, as a, an instructor, as, a, as an instructor, um, to build confidence, I'm going, Oh my God, like I, I can see this parallel here. It's like with, with motor learning and with that, it's like, and I've started to do it more with Barry. I'm going, okay, mate, do you want to wear the blue shorts or the red shorts? And I'm like consistently doing it and seeing results with him. And I'm going, oh, wow. Okay. I can see really how this would benefit a student, yeah. um, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, I've even got my partner doing it at work with his apprentices. <laughs> And I I don't know if he's lying to me and he hasn't done it, but I mean, I told him, look, I think you should go to work, um, you know, with the boys and, and look, if you don't like how they're doing this thing, maybe you should say to them, Hey, do you want to do, um, the, the trusses or the frames today? Like, and those two things that they have to do, but like pick one. And he's like, Oh yeah, maybe. (laughs) And he said he did it. I don't know. He said it worked, but we'll see. But yeah. And so you're referring to, uh, one of the things we, we, go through in this certification, which is basically the principles yeah. of motor learning, how humans learn movement skills and how to use your words and your body and, you know, optionality in the class and stuff to help people mm. learn more quickly. Uh, and one of the things, there are only three things it turns out, and we've talked about this in our queuing elephants episode, but one of the big three mm. things in motor learning, like you say, is giving people choice and choice doesn't have to be 
major and doesn't have to be lots of options. It doesn't even have to be necessarily meaningful to what the task is, but just people having a sense of autonomy does uh, make them feel better about the process and, and enroll them, you know, engage them more actively. It's funny actually in sales and one of my talking about, you know, going down lots of different paths in life. I've been a, a, a backyard car mechanic. I've been a bouncer. I've been a martial <laughs> arts teacher of, and one of my jobs was uh, running a sales team at a, a health and fitness club in Sydney. Um, and so one of the things that, uh, you just mentioned like the, basically, would you like the red shorts or the blue shorts? Would you like to do the trusses or the whatever other carpentry thing? I can't remember what you said. So basically, <laughs> you know, here are two things I want you to do. Which one would you like to do? You know, um, that's what we call in sales. We call an assumptive close. It's like, okay, you're going to buy it. You know, mm. would you like, would you like, you know, this up? Would you like a blue one or a red one? You know, mm. <laughs> sort of thing. Mm. I like it. <laughs> and if you can sort of like, so all like these sorts of things into the tapestry of your life, like it makes it so much easier to, to, to use, I guess, at, at work um, in teaching, like, and the same thing with like building confidence. That's one of the other things that we're meant to do um, to, to help with the motor learning. And that is again, another thing that I'm like potty training. Oh my God, that is so great. You've done that before. Oh my God. Good job. Like I'm finding myself giving so much more like you give a lot of praise as a parent but I give even more praise and it, it's it's just like so obvious what it does for people in general when you right. praise someone like yeah. that's why I stayed in hospitality for so long because I mean I had people it was a bit of a backhanded compliment but I'd come up you know at the end of a meal somebody would say oh my god so you were just such an incredible waitress like you're so wasted on this. Like, and I'm going, Oh, like they're like, what? So what do you study at the moment? Or what are you doing with your life at the moment? Like it was like, they're going, Oh, you're so great at this, but like, couldn't you do something even better? Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, it is such a backhanded compliment. So anybody that is thinking about saying that this weekend, when you go out to dinner, please don't say that to your waitress. <laughs> I, th I think actually, um, sometimes Pilates instructors suffer from the same thing. Like I don't, I don't believe mm. any Pilates clients would ever say something like that, but I feel like Pilates instructors often are perceived by maybe friends and family. And you kind of maybe hinted at this earlier on. I'm not sure if this mm. is what you meant, but basically people don't see it. It's not like, you know, Oh, mum and dad, I'm becoming a doctor, a lawyer, an airline pilot, mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm the CEO of a big company or so. it's like, you know, oh, I'm a Pilates instructor. It's kind of like right up there with, mm. you know. It's, with hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> really. And, and that's not to downgrade anybody that is in, uh, that is a Pilates instructor, a hospitality worker. Or in hospitality, like, yeah. Or in hospitality, yeah. Like these, every single thing that you could possibly do in society is important. Yeah. Um, how the hell would would you be eating out at a restaurant if it weren't for the staff there? Like the dishwasher, like you would not be eating off of a clean plate, um, you know, if there wasn't for that dishwasher there. Like everything is essential. Um, and it's just about like, wh why are you doing it? Like, are you doing it to make money? Cause that's okay. Um, if you're, you might not enjoy it as such, but if the, if the money making, um, is why you're doing it and that's serving you, then that's fine. Um, so it's all about whatever you do, as long as it's serving you, you're the most important thing in that, in that part of the conversation. Um, like, so yeah, as long as Pilates is serving me, um, yes, I know that some people are probably going to look at that and go, oh, well, you know, 
I could be a Pilates instructor. Like, you know, uh, like it's, it's not, oh, it's not that great. Well, it's great for me. Um, so it's just having that self-talk and sort of going, nah, you know what, this is serving me. And it's, and if you enjoy it, then you will, you will succeed whether it's in making lots of money or whether it's just in like that you're a happier person as a result. And I think, like you say, everything is essential. And I think we've become, you know, many of us have become like much more acutely aware of how essential people in things like hospitality Mm. are since the pandemic. And we couldn't go out for dinner. Mm. We're like, shit, you know, this really sucks. (laughs) You know? Yep. (laughs) um, uh, And like as a Pilates instructor, quick plug, like, we help people move and moving oh. is just about the most powerful medicine there is in the world for your mental and physical well-being. Like it, you, you literally help your clients live longer, happier, healthier lives. Like that is a powerfully important calling, I feel. Like I, I don't think we should, you know, as Pilates instructors for a second feel like we're doing something that's, you know, down the bottom of the totem pole of life. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. And it's, and it's proven. It's not just a, it's not just a guess. It's not a hypothesis. It's like, it's like it is proven to make you live longer and make you happier. And like all of the things that do sound like, Oh, you know, you're just saying it, but it's true. And, and that is, and it's so, it is so important. And Mm. if you can help people do that, Oh my God, why would you not? (laughs) All right, so you've we've talked about you know some of the things that have been a struggle for you, including yeah. finding time and and also just being able to just take time in like snippets basically throughout the day and throughout the week, and and being okay with interrupting your practice for a couple of minutes to spend time with your son, uh, and then get back to it. And in fact, like you said, um, and this is the way we've designed the course, and this is what we. We teach our students in the course, as you know, that something called distributed practice is actually more effective than blocking your practice. So if you're going to do, say, and this is whether it's Pilates or learning the piano or learning a language or or anything, if you're learning a thing, um, if you're going to do like, say, an hour's worth of practice over the week, you're much better to spread that practice out and do like 10 minutes a day rather than do a block of an hour at one time. Now, doing more practice over the week is going to improve your skills quicker. So doing two hours a week is better than doing one hour a week. But again, if you do that two hours, you're better to spread it out 20 minutes a day or two lots of 10 minutes a day. You'll actually retain more and learn more quickly if you spread and practice out or the, you know, the high class term is we distribute the practice over the week. So that's the way we've designed the program. And it just, you know, by coincidence, it happens to be the case that it's just, it's easier for people with kids <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, it kids, really suits kids <laughs> operate in five minute envelopes. Yeah. It's, it's such a vibe. And, and it was, it was, it was something that I didn't expect. Um, and you know, I spoke to, um, someone from Breeds before obviously making the decision over the phone. I think you guys, um, I signed up for a little 30 minute call. And of course, you know, the, the lady that I spoke to, she's, she's got two or three kids and said that she did it while she had kids. 
Um, and you know, it, it's super easy and like, da, 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 da. and like, she, she said that tongue in cheek, but, um, you know, she, and she really did make me feel like, yeah, you know, it's possible. But then I, you know, you always have that thought of like, yeah, it was possible for you. Um, like your kids probably slept or like your kids probably allowed you that time. Or maybe your, your kids had, um, were in care two or three times a week. Like I had so many questions that I just couldn't have answered in 30 minutes. Um, but it really, I was astounded, yeah, that, that how manageable it actually is. Obviously, like I had said, it's not sunshine and rainbows. I do still get anxious. Um, I, I feel a bit deflated sometimes after a tutorial if it hasn't gone well with the kids um, because I want to put 150,000% in and give my entire um, attention to everyone in the class. But it's funny because I've, I've messaged um, Hayley after class before when I felt really deflated and said, I'm so sorry I didn't put 100% in. And she was like, um, I did not even notice. <laughs> she was like, you... Yeah, she's my tutor. And she was like, you were like putting your hand up every five seconds. Like she knows I have to keep myself on mute. <laughs> I say that because I don't want to cut anyone else off. Um, and I felt like I just didn't put 100 percent in. But she was like, no. And she was really she's always so great and just sort of building me back up when I have that self-doubt. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, so I, yeah, right, it's- I want to know a little bit more about that because I was going to ask about that. Mm. Because one, because we do say to people that the course is very child friendly because because you, it, it's designed in small blocks, right? So you can you mm. can just carve out thirty minutes or even ten minutes out of your day to do a, some coursework or a bit of practice or whatever. And so it does it. That's not a problem. But what can be a problem sometimes is when you're participating in a tutorial, which is a, an interactive group where you're live online with your trainer and some of your classmates and you're working through maybe new exercises or teaching skills or, you know, talking about, you know, later in the course, you'll be talking about queuing or pregnancy or injuries or whatever, oh. whatever it might be. And so this is a you know, highly interactive time um, where it's not just kind of sit and watch a lecture or sit and watch someone do exercises or something like that. It's like you're doing stuff and engaging the whole time. And so if you've got like kids crawling all over you the whole time and can't concentrate, <laughs> and, you know, kids rolling around on the floor screaming and throwing a tantrum or wanting food or needing to be breastfed or, you know, it's like it can be very distracting and it can really, you know, it can be distracting for you and it can be distracting for other participants in the tutorial. So tell me about mm. how you've navigated that. Some, tell me about some of the things that have gone well, some of the things that sucked. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have I've sort of hopped around a couple of the different because we're given I think maybe it's five, four or five um, windows uh, per week that you can take your tutorial right. So I've kind of dabbled with the Saturday, um, considering my my partner is home on a Saturday. I thought okay that really worked well for the first few weeks, but then we had some plans come up in the weekends um, later. So I've I've then booked myself into a Tuesday, thinking okay my son's in daycare on a Tuesday. Um, I can put my daughter down for a nap, but naps are ever changing and daycare is not always 100% because of the time that we live in at the moment. Snotty noses mean that you can't go to daycare. Um, so look, I, it's, it's been a struggle, especially on having these Tuesday lectures. Bonnie hasn't wanted to sleep and Barry's been home for a couple of them. But in saying that, I, I was, I was a bit upset at initially straight after the tutorial feeling like I didn't participate, blah, blah, blah. But there were so many other things that week that, that really tied into that, that 90 minutes or whatever, like that 
that didn't make me feel like I missed out on the whole week. I, I did a couple of um, practice teaching sessions with some of the girls, which really I did one immediately after that tutorial, um, which like just built me back up 110% because I love those girls and it was so much fun. Um, but there was, there's always something that you can do to sort of fix it, I guess, in a, in a way, like if you've missed out, I don't know. Um, and in saying that as well, I did ask Hayley and she's, it probably was an option for me to rewatch or uh, sorry, participate in another tutorial later in the week. If I really felt like I didn't get enough out of it. So I, I plan on never booking in for a Thursday because <laughs> I think Thursday is the last day um, of, the, of the, the week as such um, for tutorials. So I always plan on booking one of the first couple of days just in case something happens. I can hopefully hop into one of the other rooms and she seemed pretty open to that option. So Good backup plan. Yeah, just a bit of a backup plan because like I, I will always sit through the, the tutorial, but I think that if I ever feel like, wow, that really was a, a bust, <laughs> um, I will actively seek out another, yeah, another one just to sort of, but yeah, like I said, if I, if, if you're not a hundred percent there for that, there's the whole rest of the week, there's just like all of these 30 minute snippets that you're watching or listening to, um, little quizzes, your practice teaching with like, which is, I just feel like a huge, like, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be teaching, like practice teaching is such an important part of it. Um, I love that that's an, an element. Um, yeah. yeah. And we include, and the, 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 you know, the, the kind of curriculum design that we've come up with, um, is basically the practice teaching included as part of the course curriculum. It's included in the cost. It's included in the schedule. And you do that online with your classmates. And and everything that you do during the week, so you do a lecture, a tutorial, a couple of master classes, uh, some static coursework, so like you know, pre-recorded videos and quizzes and things, and then you do some practice teaching with classmates. And all of that over a given week is all on basically the same topic. So whatever you learn in the lecture, you mm. might learn – I don't know, what are you guys learning, like mat work, one to six, one to ten. One to ten. So the first yeah. ten exercises in the Contrology mat work sequence, say, you know, 100, roll up, roll over, blah, 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 one leg circle, mm. et cetera. And, and so you're learning, you know, you're learning about those and then you're, so in the lecture you'll learn like the, okay, here's the correct technique, here's the correct execution, here are the instructions, here's the movement sequence, here's the starting position, all of that. And then in the tutorial, you'll practice it and you'll get feedback on it and you'll practice teaching it with your classmates and you give them feedback on on their execution. They'll give you feedback on your teaching. And then you'll watch a video which has, you know, Joseph Pilates demonstrating the exercises. <laughs> and then you'll, you know, then you go into practice teaching groups with your classmates and you'll practice teaching and doing those same exercises exercises so it's basically everything's like and you'll do a master class where you'll go through that sequence mm. and then you, there's a Q&A at the end of the master class with with one of our trainers who will you know and you can ask questions and they'll go okay why did you know why did I use this cue instead of that cue or why did I modify this for so and so with their knees bent or or, or whatever mm. um and so basically even if you miss out on one element or you kind of like you know haven't what well, yeah I mean we don't I don't want to give people the idea that we encourage people to miss out on elements but no, even, no. even if one bit didn't doesn't sink in, like you get hit from multiple angles with the same information, and you get to practice in multiple different contexts with different people and hear mm. hear different people explain it. Um, yeah, so you really get to engage with it in lots of different ways in small bites across the week. So yeah, all right. So you're at week four of your mm-hmm. twenty one weeks so far, and so you have learned. So far, you're basically, you know, you're, you've finished what we call module one out of five, which is you have done the, basically your learning about uh, queuing. Yes. 
and chewing and the first <laughs> and the first ten mat work exercises. Mm-hmm. And and just a, a slight introduction to the reformer. Right, and you're at yeah. the end here. Yeah, your reformer really kicks in in this next module. All right, and so tell me about and and I don't want to bore people at home by this becoming a bit <laughs> infomercial for our course, but you know I, I am keen to hear like what are some of the you know and so let's try and keep this kind of generic as much as possible. Um, okay, you know what are some of the aha moments that you've had? Um, what what you know what aside from just like of what we've talked about with kids and, you know, your, your own scheduling and stuff. What are some of the aha moments you've had maybe related to content or maybe related to your, you know, personally overcoming, you know, fears that you've faced or, you know, what are some of the, the light bulbs that have gone off for you? Yeah, look, it's, it's really, it's really interesting because for me, Pilates wasn't something I knew a lot about, to be honest. Like I've done a lot of Pilates, but I didn't know anything about the history Um, I didn't know anything about why things are done in the ways that they are done. Um, I, I really didn't know that it varied as well. Like, um, with like more, there's lots of classes I've been to that are like anatomically cued. Um, and that's actually what I am used to. So yeah, there was a lot of elements about it that I, that I just was completely unaware of. So I've had a lot of aha moments. (laughs) Um, I think one of my first aha moments though was, was, you've got like a, I think it's like a two minute video where it's like, why does my neck hurt when I, when I um, do the hundred or something? And I went, Oh, that's interesting. My neck hurts all the time. And so I clicked on it and you just, it was so simple. It was just kind of like, why does, why is it okay for like your abs to hurt when you're doing crunches or like your, your glutes to hurt when you're doing squats or whatever. Um, but like, it's not okay for your neck to feel discomfort when you're sitting it up that like those are muscles that are that are recruiting to to do this and it's if it's not a natural thing for your neck to be doing it's going to hurt until it doesn't hurt anymore um and you should be working on those muscles and I went oh my god and and I just like and I went oh okay so this is okay for my neck to hurt and it was like as soon as I even just saw that I wasn't even doing an exercise the next time I did the exercise it just didn't hurt as much and I was okay with it and then it's like honestly I I can't believe how much even that has changed and that was just simple right Like just this one little, and it was for me, that was something that pissed me off in a class. And I don't know if that was just like, that was my thing. Um, you know, and I don't know if everyone else is like that. Um, but that for me was like a real aha, my first one. Shout out out to Anula Myberg with uh, her favorite saying, neck abs. Neck Um, abs. Yes. (laughs) It is. It's your neck abs. And I've told that to so many people that I know that that do that do exercise that where that might be a thing, and they've gone what? And I'm like, no, I'm serious. And then I, but because I'm still so early on in the course, I don't have like a whole lot of knowledge yet. So they're kind of going, yeah, okay, Ash, like, all right, you tell me that. But I'm like, you'll see. <laughs> so yeah, that's one thing for me. Um, gosh, there's just lots of little snippets like that, like that with with like the body movement, um, and, and realizing, okay, like that, so far as cueing, I just can't believe the difference in cueing, um, externally versus cueing internally. That just has blown my mind as a, as a, as a new student. Um, and probably as a teacher, you go, duh. Um, but for me, um, since really all I know is, is the student's perspective, that is just a wow thing for me. Um, 
gosh, I'm trying to think what else. I look, the aha moments are all as well, like just, just anything to do with the body that I didn't know before. And there's just so much, like, like you say, like it's easy to watch someone doing something um, or, or tell, tell you to do something and just believe them and think, oh, well, that was easy. And then now that I'm learning it, I'm going, oh my gosh, like it is a little overwhelming. I feel like I've got a duty of care to like carry on all of this knowledge and make sure I provide it. Um, so for me, I think hoping that I, it all soaks in, which I know it will, um, that's, yeah, it's just making sure that I, I, I'm almost tripping over myself to share all of the info with clients, I probably will need to be careful and make sure I'm, I'm picking and choosing appropriately. Yeah, that's a good tip you've just given yourself. Don't be like the reformed yeah. smoker telling everybody about the evils of smoking all, all day, every day. Oh, you know. God. How do you know if someone's a vegan? Oh, God, they'll tell you. Yeah, don't worry, they'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, don't be that person. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the, the, the good news, Ashley, that if I could just give you like a spoiler alert for a bit later in your career, maybe after you've graduated is that, Mm. you know, we, our profession, you know, Pilates has unbelievable upside. Like if you can get people moving, you know, they're going to live longer, be happier and be healthier and more functional through those years. Like it's just unbelievable how much of a difference we can make for somebody by just getting them moving. And even better, there's almost no downside, right? So if you get someone moving and you don't cue them correctly, doesn't matter. You know, mm. if, if you, if they do the exercise with incorrect technique, doesn't matter. If you forget the, which exercise and give them in the wrong order, doesn't matter. You know, if you do the hundreds upside down, doesn't matter because it's just moving that gives them the benefit. And, and, you know, there certainly are other benefits that come with, you know, concentrating on, you know, improving your technique and things, but those benefits are all mental. It's about getting into a flow state. And so whether you actually get it correct or not, doesn't make any difference to the client. Just the fact that the client's in the room and moving that's that's where the money is. You know, when I say money, I mean like yeah. figuratively. That's where the benefit is for the client, you know, in terms of life extension, mental health improvements, you know, strength, flexibility, all those things. Those will come just as a result of the client being there moving with you and there's almost nothing you can do to stuff that up. <laughs> so, yeah. so the pressure's off. Yeah. <laughs> I think you like I am my my biggest sort of nemesis really like it's and that's and that's with anyone like we all have that that self-talk where you sort of go oh man you're just not good enough at this yet or or like you just pressure yourself too much and really yeah there and I and I am reminded constantly through the course that it's okay to fuck up like it's okay if like we like yesterday we were going through some of the um some of the the new reformer um the first couple of I think six um reformer exercises and they're complicated yeah, and we oh my god and the jackknife oh and, the oh. back rowing oh and and like and we were we got on the bed and Haley was like look you know I want you just to I'm gonna tell you the exercise and you just do it and we had all watched and I spoke to some of the girls we'd all watched the videos a thousand times um and had done it a little bit but then when we were put on the spot we went oh god and she was like it's okay you're gonna stuff it up I'm just 
want to see how much you know. This is there's no pressure, and it still it felt like pressure, you know. But then afterwards, it was like it, but it clicked for us. Like, okay, we do need to do this. Practice it, like yeah. little bit by little bit, and we broke it down so tiny, um, you know. And it felt it was empowering. It like it was it was switched around to to feeling empowering that we stuffed it up in a way. That's awesome. What a great attitude, mm. and that attitude will take you a long way in life in in every every aspect of life. So enjoy, yes. enjoy the stuffing up part as as part of the journey. Uh, not not yeah. You don't like don't like lol in it. Go great now I can stuff up forever. But like mm. as long as you go okay great I successfully found one way of not doing it. Um, you know, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine ways to go. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, is there anything else that you want to share? Gosh, look, I just. And I know we don't want this to become an infomercial, you know, for, for breathe education. I, I, and, and really my purpose for this was to just be able to kind of get all the excitement off my chest um, on, on the appropriate platform rather than just like ringing up everyone I know and being like, oh, I want to be a Pilates instructor. Um, but I think that it's important, though, for people to listen to this and think, if they needed a sign, this is it, you know, like I, I hope that this could be a trigger moment for someone. And I'm trying to think what I might've wanted as well when I was coming to the decision. Um, and it's, it's just that like, it's actually true what somebody will say. If you get that phone call, um, you know, where they say it is possible and you'll love it and enjoy it. And coming from someone that's literally in week four, like it, it is enjoyable and it is possible and it is fucking hard I'm not going to sugarcoat it but it's it's for me it's worth it and I think that if you've come to this point in your life where you're thinking oh do I want to do that like why not just do it because I know a few ladies in there in the course as well that are saying they actually don't even know if they want to teach this is just fulfillment for them Um, and if they decide to teach at the end of it then so be it but they've actually taken that pressure off completely and they're doing it because they just want to learn more about Pilates because they like it so much. So I really liked listening to them say that as well and and, and kind of made me think, okay, if I don't end up teaching this straight away, um, so be it. But I've actually cheekily been offered a, a job at the at the gym that I go to already, which is so exciting for me. Um, so you're 17 yeah. weeks away from graduation. You've already <laughs> got a job. Hey, yeah, I'm so lucky. <laughs> um, now, I don't know those ladies who you're talking about who – said you know they're they're just doing it for their own knowledge and there are definitely people who for whom like they actually genuinely don't have an interest in teaching they just want to be understand their own body better and understand the pilates work better Um, but in my observation of teaching teachers now since 2009 i've seen a large number of people come in at the start of the course and going yeah because at the you know start of the course um we when when I used to teach it all the time face to face, we used to sit around in a circle and go, okay, you know, why are you here? You know, tell me what you, what's your outcome from this course? And people would share like, oh, I want to teach here, I want to teach there. And some people, every 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 course, some you know, some number of people would say, oh, look, I actually don't want to teach. I just I'm here for my own knowledge, and mm. that's a perfectly fine, acceptable reason to 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 do training. But what I've observed, like very, very consistently, is that by the end of the course, almost all of those people are like, you know what, I am going to teach. And mm. so the the conclusion I've come to is that kind of what you said there is that people basically use that as a – they basically kind of trick themselves in, mm. into taking the pressure off 
over um, psychology. Yeah, and it's like I don't know when you when when I go for a run, right? And I'm and I'm starting to get fatigued, and it's like yeah, it's, this isn't fun right now. I'm like okay, I'm only going to do another 500 meters, right? I'm just going to run up to that rock or whatever, right? And then I run up to the rock, and I think you know what? I might as well just keep going to the next rock, you know. <sighs> but somewhere in the back of my mind, I know I'm going to keep going for another five kilometers, right? But if I just said, mm. fuck it, I'm going to do another five kilometers, that seems like a really big effort. Whereas if I say, I'm just going to run to the rock, that's that's much easier. And then I run to the next rock, the next rock, the next rock. And if, at the end, I've run another five kilometers. And and so I think that's the mechanism that a lot of people use. And I don't, it's not a criticism. I think it's, fan, you know, no. I, like I just said, I use it myself. <laughs> I think it's a very yeah. good way of tricking yourself into doing something that's important to you that might feel intimidating or unpleasant at the time. And if, you know, if you're, if you're not confident of in your ability to actually succeed, you know, like if you think, oh, I could never be, you know, get up in front of a group of people and teach confidently, or I could never, you know, see myself, you know, really making a difference for people in their lives with exercise. So I'm just doing this for my own gratification. And like I said, that's a perfectly fine and legitimate reason to do it, Um but in my experience, I, I observe, it seems to me, a lot of people just use that as basically a self-trick, but in a good way, to basically mm. trick themselves into doing it and taking the pressure off so they can enjoy the process. And by the end, they're like, oh, you mm. know what? I actually have run 10 kilometers and now I, I might go out and teach. <laughs> well, it's setting the bar low. And that's another thing we learn when you're teaching a client is, and we should be doing that in life, uh, don't set unrealistic goals, set realistic goals. And if that's a big goal, then so be it. But also there's no shame in setting a low bar and an achievable goal, which is for those people, yeah, to just complete the course. Like, and then it's a cherry on top if they end up teaching. There's, and if that's what gets you through, like I, I quite often do that as a parent, I'll be like, my, my bar is set so low in the morning. (laughs) And if we just get out the door on time, then I'm like, wow, that is like day's been made, you know, like you do, you just have to, anything it needs to be achievable. Don't disappoint yourself. You avoid disappointment sort yeah. of in a way then. Yeah. Set the bar low and then give yourself a high five when you win. And that motivates yourself to, to go to the next milestone. hundred percent. And I think quickly, I did just have this little moment just then where I remembered one other huge thing that I was a little bit hesitant about the course was that it's online. Um, Tell me about that. And I know that that could crack open a whole new conversation, but like that's huge for me. I had I've stumbled across Breathe because I asked a few Pilates instructor friends where did they learn. Um, one of these chicks is in the Gold Coast is on the Gold Coast now, but she's originally from Newcastle. I thought she might have learned here. She and asked a Pilates so just, instructor just friend. Just for people who Sorry. aren't familiar, Newcastle is an Australian regional city. It's New South an, Wales, about an hour, hour and a bit south of Sydney, right on the coast. North of Sydney. North of Sydney, on the east coast of Australia. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is where we are. And look, there's there's so many Pilates studios here, um, more specifically in town. Um, Town is such Newcastle. Um, And I thought surely one of these studios would offer um, teacher training. Uh, But I couldn't find anything online. Um, And, yeah, my girlfriend asked a couple of instructor friends in town, and they said, oh, no, like our studio is not offering, especially with COVID and everything at the moment. They said, "Um, but – everyone said breathe. And I went, okay, because I'm a person that really needs a, a, a personal testimonial from like a friend to, to sort of like, um, if I'm sort of, I don't know, if I'm going to purchase something uh, or, you know, anything that's like a, a bit of a, like I like to hear personally if somebody's got an experience. So to hear that, I kind of went, okay, 
I'll have a look, but I was really hesitant about the online component. And then I found, though, that, like, the only in-person ones I could do were in Sydney, and that's just impossible with the kids. Um, And I was feeling the itch and really needed to pounce and start the process ASAP. So I thought, oh, my God, there are a lot of online ones out there, but I just didn't see the same curriculum. I mean, I won't lie and say that I really delved heavily into research of any other schools, but... I just can't believe like the support that you have. It does, it does seriously feel like you're in person. Um, and if you're not comfortable on zoom, you will become comfortable on Zoom (laughs) as well. Um, yeah, one of the ladies actually just had never used zoom before. Um, she, Lisa and I, God, I love her so much. She's so funny. And she was like, guys, I'm going to be, I'm so bad at technology. I'm not going to be like very great at this. Like she, you know, and, and everyone was super supportive and it's like, anytime you need help girl, just let us know. And Lisa's like in all of our, um, group training things, like where she's like in there on time, like knows how to use zoom. Like she has astounded herself, I'm sure. But like, I, I, yeah, for, for her to, to see her like at, achieving so much online when she was so unsure about it, I was like, wow, if she can do it. I can totally do it. That's awesome. <laughs> shout out to Lisa. You're doing Yeah, awesome. shout out to Lisa. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, and I've really enjoyed this Thank conversation you. because I used to teach the certification course um, every weekend for years and years and years and years. Uh, and I haven't taught it for quite some time because um, I yeah. focus on the diploma these days. And it's, so it's been fantastic for me to talk with you and, you know, kind of reminisce about. <laughs> um, <laughs> <The> nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, sharing that, you know, that journey and to hear about your story. And, you know, thanks so much for sharing that, you know, just the raw, honest, unvarnished truth about having young kids and studying and. <laughs> um, yeah which I'm sure a lot of people can identify with. So, yeah, thanks so much, yeah. Ash. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Good chat. Oh, thank you so much as well. Great chat. <laughs> See ya. See ya. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So Rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. 
This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.